Life Audio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Billy and the Goat, the show dedicated to helping you overcome life's challenges, overcoming adversity, sharing your testimony. My guest and I met for the first time today. His name is Jason Jano. Jason is from Spring City, Tennessee. He's had a lot of stuff happen in his life. At the age of 10, he started as a laborer working for his uncle, who shed a lot of positivity in his in his life. But unfortunately, Jason was not open to any of that. Then, ended up at the age of 15, getting kicked out of high school for fighting. He was just a little fella and did not take kindly to being picked on. So, he fought a lot. Jason loves fishing and hunting, but he ended up spending more time with his other hobbies, drugs, sex, and alcohol. His wild and crazy lifestyle first put him in jail until he escaped and finally ended up in in and out of prison for 18 and a half years of his 47-year-old life. It's been horrid, says Jason, but I'm determined. At age 45, Jason finally gave his life to the Lord and has not Praise God. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, you've been through a lot, man. I mean, yeah. starting from, you yeah. have the floor. I mean, where do, you, where, where do you want to start? You know, I could probably talk about a lot of the bad stuff I did. You know, but I, it all stemmed from the drugs and alcohol, you know. And I have, I've had a lot of good stuff happen, you know, since I've been saved. You know, Justin, he's, he's been a mentor to me for years, you know, good to the bad, to the good. And today we do a lot of things together, you know, for for people. Like mm-hmm. we have a guy working for us. He he had an accident when he was young and broke his back, and, and he has to wear braces on his legs when he needs to help. Yeah, and he, I guess he went through a pain pill addiction or whatnot. And he has a, he's, he's an addict and, and we went to pick him up for work about three weeks ago. This is what I was going to tell you earlier. And you stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the guys wants to knock on his door and no, they emotions first to come there. So we get up there and there was Matthew in the floor had a drug overdose and he, he had been dead for so long. Man, but it gets it gets good. This is a god thing. He was, we had a prize arms apart to do CPR on him. He was rigor mortis had already set in. His blood had capillated in his face on one side of his face before he'd been there. He'd been there for over an hour and a half dead. What? And I looked, turned around, looked at Justin, and said, Man, he's, he's been dead too long, bro. And he said, Just do what you can until the paramedics get here. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So we started doing CPR, and I was just one boy doing CPR. I was praying. I put my hand on him and was praying. After about 10 minutes, he, and he said, and, and it started coming life back into his body. And I witnessed that with my own two eyes. And since that, since that day, my faith has gotten so much stronger, you know, because I've always been a believer since, since I've gotten saved. I mean, my faith is good. But this day really changed my life. You know, and the next day I'm standing on a roof watching him work, watching this guy work doing my cups for me. I was sitting there crying, watching him work, mm-hmm. thanking, thanking God, you know, for, for what he'd done. Because that was Jesus and Jesus only that done that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I don't shake you up, nothing will. No, I mean, it is, he was working with us today, as a matter of fact. And I, you know, I thank God every day for the blessing that, he, that he's been bestowing on us, you know. You know, I really don't know about so much about testimony other than, you know, I, but old me's gone, and and he's doing great things through us today, and I'm so grateful for it. You know, I, my goodness, I'm glad I had you stayed the story, man. Gracious, yeah. It was, man, let's go back. Let's go back to when you. I mean, when you were a kid, you know. Yeah, let's kind of paint a picture of what well, you went through. I didn't have. I had, my home life was okay. I guess. I thought it was normal. Like my sister said that she and I both were molested or whatever. I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. She does. I don't know that. And I was just a mean kid, I guess. I thought, you know, the average boy to me, I was pretty mean. And my mom I was always gone. You know, I was go to my uncle's house and, mm-hmm. and they pretty much took me in and my uncle raised me. They were good people. They made us go to church and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But how old were you then? I started going there. Me, me and my little cousin became friends, and I was probably six, five or six. Okay. And he was, he was a year or so younger than me, and I may have been seven or eight. You know, I would walk down to their house and play with them or whatever. And then to, when I was about ten, I think I started working for his dad. But he was a carpenter in the building their houses and stuff, and I would tote lumber for him, and he would pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you were working at an early age, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when I tell you doing something, you work for it. That's mm-hmm. what I was taught, you know. And that's it. Oh, uh, they tried to instill good values in me, which they did. Mm-hmm. But I got into drinking and stuff at an early age, and smoking weed, and. And what, what age did that start when you started smoking, smoking and, and drinking? I was drinking at 10 or 11, bro, because we were still 
uh, Lynn's brother's beer. I was cheap, you know. I mean, we always sneak over and get those beer. We'd take off on the four wheeler and drive and drink them. But with the weed smoking for that start till about age 15. And that's whenever my, my stepdad slapped my mother and I beat him up really bad. And they kicked me out and I was living with my dad, which I just met him. My dad at age 15 and he allowed me to, to do whatever I wanted to do, smoking, smoking pot, drinking, and he would buy me beer and stuff. And because you know, you're living the good life. Yeah, I thought so. I thought, yeah. you know, he let a girl move in with me and I wound up getting her pregnant. And at the age of 17, she became pregnant. Mm. And, you know, it was, to me, it was the greatest life, you know, as a teenager. Oh, you yeah. do whatever I want, you know, but it was That's actually, it. That's what we want to do, man. When you teenage, yeah. that's what you want to do. Yeah. But it was my destruction, you know, really. And my dad allowed it, and it, it wasn't a good thing. Me and him were more buddies than father son. That never works. No. And I wish things would have been different, but I made my own the same. I guess it was God's grand design, as they say, you know. That's it. Well, it's bad. You're supposed to be on. After that, I got kicked out of high school because I'm drinking and partying and going to fighting. I was always fighting. And they kicked me out of high school. And uh, my dad said, you got to get a job. If you're not going to go to school, you're going to get a job. So I went to work. I went back to work for my uncle. Uh, mm-hmm. When he framed me to be a framer. Then I was 18, and I went to work at a factory in Dayton, Lazy Boy, building furniture. Mm-hmm. And when I went to work there, that's when I got into meth. When I started doing meth, and yeah, and just for the speed part, because I was on production. And I thought, well, maybe get faster, and no one made me faster. All right, <laughs> not good, but you know, right? And I got married. I, I, I met this girl, and, and she got pregnant. And we got married. I thought, you know, it's the right thing to do. So I married her. And I wasn't a good husband. I, I cheated on her all the time and never was home. I filed up the bills and, you know, everything was good, you know. As long as I paid the bills, make sure everything was there, everything would be good, but it wasn't. So that didn't last long. And uh, my, then my dad died. And, and while I was in jail for DUI, my dad died. And I did, and, and well, I remember we bought fixes off of the jailer, and we escaped. Me and another guy escaped and took the jailer's hostage and handcuffed him and all this good stuff. And they took who? Wait a minute. You took someone hostage? The jailers. Yeah. The jailer? Mm-hmm. That's why I went to prison. That's the first time I went to prison. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I thought that would be a good idea, but that was not a good idea. So much. No, it turned out real bad. And I was doing a bunch of time with that one, too. And, but when I got out, the only thing I learned in prison was how to be a better criminal. And Interesting. How's that? I mean, when you go in, you're supposed to be you go into correct you, you know, it's the Department of Corrections. 
and go in and it's, it's, it's a totally different world in there. You know, it's, it's hard to explain. It's, it's like a world inside of, inside of our world, but with, with every bad guy you could think of, you know, the drugs are worse in there than they are on the street. Really? Yeah. I've always heard that, man. It's just hard to. Yeah. Wow. Well, you lived it. So, yeah. I mean, the guy that I escaped with, I was, became a gang member in prison, gang mm -hmm. the top. And the one that put me down was where I escaped with, and it's George Hyatt. And he is in Tennessee Department of Corrections now for life. While I was incarcerated there, after me and him escaped, the nurse that brought my meds to me, me and him with Sally's, the nurse that brought me my meds, they hooked up and she helped him escape and she killed two, two correctional officers in, in Harriman or in Kingston, Tennessee. And, you know, it was, it's crazy. The life in there is crazy. Time out. Time out for a second. I mean, so the nurse that he hooked up with killed two. Yes. They caught them in a whole, oh, wow. Oh, this was, this one is after this, after this had nothing to do with me, but. Right. But you, it was, you were around it. Yeah. It was my <laughs> cellar, you know, uh, I mean, in, in the Queen's history, that's the things that you're faced with, you know, Sally mm -hmm. did this and well, the woman, the nurse did that killing. You know, it's in there. You have to be something that you're not. Or you'll be preyed upon, and then you kind of it, it does something to your mind in there, you know. I bet. Yeah. At, after that, I was locked down for 19 months. After that, because of just me being affiliated with him and me being gang affiliated, it was all they tied it all in together, and mm -hmm. which I had nothing to do with. It, but no, in their eyes, I could have been. Because me and him prior had a prior escape together. And I was locked down for 19 months in, on Max over there. And you know, people, some people don't understand what lockdown is. Explain exactly. You're in a room for 24 hours, seven days a week. Solitary confinement. Yeah. Some people call it. Okay. And that for 19 of, months. My last 19 months. And the only time you came out was when? Take a shower. Mm -hmm. To shower. Yeah, you got in a cage outside, but I mean, what's the point going to go another cage? So, one. Uh, but, you know, that, I can't, I can't, that put it, uh, you know, it hardened my heart, you know. I didn't know visits or anything while I was in there. While I was in no visitors. No, no one else. No way. I was still, every time I was in prison, I had one one's visitor. No, there's no, no, no. No. Family? And it kind of, so, it made me hard hearted, you might say. And, and then whenever I got out, I was on my own. Well, how long was that stint you were talking about? Marshall? What? No, no one, oh, you're saying anytime you're in prison, no one came to see you. Wow. Okay. I thought you were talking, okay. No. I, I never had a visitor. I took it back on my to you. I did have, my mother came to see me wherever I escaped and that, that they actually I was back from Florida. I was called in Florida on the, the escape. 
my mother came to see me and told me she loved me before they sent me to prison. And my grandfather came and seen me that morning and seen me and they shoot me off to prison and I didn't see him again for five years. I'm just, <laughs> drugs and stuff, all, every bit of stem from drug use. Right. You know. I can't help but think, and you know, who we, who we hang out with, who we're around, you know, our circle, people, friends, family, has everything to do with how we act, talk, walk, what we do, you know? So obviously, the people that your circle now is much different from the circle you have. I mean, right? it, is. it has to be. It can't be another way. And, you know, just thinking back to, you know, all that you went through and how you were raised and stuff that you endured, like, you know, being abused or molested, you know what, man? I it happened to me too, you know, growing up, you know, by my 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 babysitter. It affect just like you said earlier, it affects you. It messes with you. And I think part of it is it's so awful that we don't wanna like part of us think sometimes I think we just don't wanna so we just block it out. And no doubt that had everything to do with, you know, you and school and carrying on and drinking and, you know, trying to, trying to yeah. dull the pain, you know? You know, I don't, I, I really don't remember happening. Mm -hmm. My sister, my sister's happened right. to me also. Right. And, you know, I take her word for it. I, I don't mm -hmm. remember it, thank God. I don't remember it. Right. But yeah. I remember those people babysitting us, but I don't remember it happening. Chromosizing it, right. I blocked it out, but I just don't remember. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to force you to yeah, <laughs> remember. Lady, you don't remember. You don't remember, man. You don't, you know, certain uh, things you don't need to remember. Right. You know? And parents, my parents, they swept it under the rug. Mm -hmm. No, that didn't happen. No, that happened mm -hmm. because it was a family member that did. And I mean, God punished him for doing that. He he had a stroke and was in a wheelchair, and then mm -hmm. it, you know. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. He, he, later on in life, he was, some more people came out and said he did this and he was sent to prison where he died of a stroke. I think I'm, I think I'm telling you right. I'm not positive on that, mm -hmm. but I know he did suffer a, a bad stroke was in wood. And God done that. That's so, that's so sad. You know, what, what do you, you know, Oh. I know you were carrying on, you were drinking, but what, what, when you were in that dark space, did you know that you were in a dark space? Did you know you were doing wrong? I mean, sometimes people, they don't know they're doing wrong or just, just being rebellious. Oh, I knew I was breaking the law. I didn't know that. But as far as a dark space, I don't think I ever realized it was a darkness until, you know, Years into it, you know, right? Because I wasn't suffering any consequences other than prison, and I had already came. I was so accustomed to prison that was like a break for me from life. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but when I would get caught, I was like, "Man, thank God I'm gonna take a break." It doesn't. I mean, 
it doesn't sound crazy to me because I understand what you're saying. And I've said this before, not here, of course, but I've said this before is when you're in darkness, everything looks just fine. And it's not. That the enemy a, fools us. Yeah. Prison, prison became a comfort zone for me. When life would get too chaotic, I would get caught. It was like I would get do something, you know, so stupid that I would go back to prison and get rid of yeah, But you even, you even said earlier that it does something to you yeah. so bad in there. So that, so to hear you say it's a break to go to prison, it's like mind blown. But the life was so chaotic for me out here in the drug world. Because I was doing so much. It was just. Right. Right. I mean, I was out for one one time by myself for 28 days between prison sins. And I did not sleep a week in that 28 days. I was going to tell drugs. And not one time did I go to sleep in 28 days. I paid $100,000 cash in 28 days selling drugs. You wasted $100,000 cash? No, I'm. Made a hundred. Oh, you made a hundred. Yeah. And how in 30 days? In 28 days. 28 days. Good gosh, almighty. My release, I was out 28 days from the time I got up, time I got caught. Yeah. I was caught in Georgia with a stolen car, $20,000, two kilos of meth, and a machine gun. You had a machine gun? Yeah, AK 47. You had an AK 47. So, I mean, things were that crazy that you had a AK-47? I had two kills and made some $28,000 cash. And I was going down to build a Mexican in the cartel. Is it the first time down there? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I was dealing with some people that was that would kill you and just like it. I don't even think twice about it. That didn't bother you? No. Not at the time. I mean, it was like, it was just... It was just life for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, since I was, you know, I used to go on drug rolls with my dad when I was a teenager. You know, we got shot at by the Cubans in Florida, you know. At 15 years old, I'm with my dad down there. He's going by cocaine from the Cubans in Florida. So, Jason, this started when you were 15? With yeah, I've been doing this all my life. That's why it was, that was nothing for me, you know? Why? It was just, wow. it was just a yeah. way of life, you, yeah. you might say. Yeah. I understand, man. My, my grandma, my mama, my mama used to tell me, you're too stupid to be scared. He's a boy, too scared of nothing? I said, no. He said, you're just too stupid to be scared. She would get so mad at Jason, huh? it's, wow. Well, I'm really the life of chaos. Jesus Gone. I ain't got deal with that. I believe that way no more. Isn't it? It's just amazing how how amazing and loving God is. Amen. I mean, you brother, you went through some stuff. You know, people. I see people today who knew me back in those days and was looking at me all crazy, like, "Who is this?" You know, some uh, people looking at me. Uh, like, what is going on there? Hope is bad when you welcome God and you welcome Jesus Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit. Nothing else can do that. No. Nothing. It's like, you know, when we go into these stores, I'm used to, I'll be hiding 
police standing in the rocket top of the morning. I'll be hiding from them until hey, I walk up the second hand. Hey, how you doing, guys? You know, and they talk to me and, you know, in a respectful right. manner. You know. There you go. And, and so I love it. change, man. Good yeah. for you, man. I'm proud of you, brother. Yeah. You have kids, right? You got yes, I have five, five kids. Five kids, five different moments. They so, I mean, you know, I've always wanted to be a family man. That's what I, I always wanted. That's what my heart is my family. Because I didn't have that growing up, and I wanted what I was, but I would into that life, and it, I would lose it all, you know. And then when I go back to prison, and and a woman was somebody in prison, so they would leave me. And, and then mm-hmm. I get out. I needed somebody else, and it was never no good because it was it was, it was never. Today I know that it has to be by God and through God, or it's going to be going to work. You know, that's your blessing in the first place. You know I mean, one hundred percent, I do. Yes. So, you know, I have two of my girls. I have a twenty-eight year old, a twenty-three year old, uh, and then a thirteen-year-old daughter. I was, I've seen him maybe once in his life. He was adopted out. And I have a six-year-old that I'm going to custody court now on. You know, since mm-hmm. I've changed my life, mm-hmm. I'm working on getting him. And that's, that's going to be a blessing because I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. My lawyer tells me, you know, not see a custody battle in, in the future. And I, you know, thank you for that. But, you know, God's with me and everything. And so everything I'm gonna do, I'll put Jesus first, you know. So that's it. Amen. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm so thankful for my salvation. But brother, you went through some stuff, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, a lot of people that I tell them, you know, the stories sitting there like, no way. I'm like, okay. You ain't gotta believe me. you ain't gotta believe me, but just know that it happened. I mean, it's, it's not, it's just, unless, wow, unless you know, you're used to hearing it or being around anything like that, yeah. anything outside of your, because wow. most people, they don't, that's like they see on the movies, you know, but when you're in that life, in that lifestyle, that's nothing new, you know, you just live it, your life, yeah. your life. And I don't ever want to live like that no more. Never, ever, ever. You know, I, I got one of my daughters will speak to me now because I asked her, you know, I said, don't God, you know, we're doing this. But she's on heroin and fentanyl. And she asked me to, my grandbaby, she holds him from me just for punishment, you know, because I asked her, you know, we go to church for you, do this. You know, just ask her to live right. And, that's, yeah. but, you know, I get it. It's it's hard to. We both were both saved, and we're living yeah. right. And I left, so, right. So, well, listen, I can say for myself, when I was in that darkness, doing all the crazy, and has someone come up to me, preaching yeah. something to me, or yeah. I've been like, man, you got your mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. me with that. Because yeah. they put, you know, there's a veil of it over their head, over the veil of their eyes. They can't see. Because what you know, when 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 you're in that lifestyle, you yeah. ain't going to hear no. No. And they know me from that lifestyle. 
So they're like, what? You're like, no, you know, because it's been two years now. You know, I was, I was 45 when I was like, mm-hmm. and it's two years now I've been walking. And I mean, it gets stronger every day, thank God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just you. They'll see. And I'm not going to waver. They're not going to waver me in my fight. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. It's, I think it's part, it's, I think it goes both ways because for me anyway, anyway, even in that darkness, like I still felt the pain of, of the darkness of, you know, of being drunk or drugs. Like I remember being in my bed at night, heart pumping out of my chest because I was on so much stuff, you know? So I knew that it was what I was taking and the lifestyle I had that was causing it. But at the same time, I didn't want to leave it because it's all I knew. And it's like, felt like it's an attachment. Like it wouldn't let go of me and I didn't want to let go of it. You know? I knew I was miserable. You know, when I was miserable when I was high. And it was like, it never would go away. Just you know, I was, I knew I was just so miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted away from it, but it was just like all I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only yeah. thing I knew was that misery. You didn't know a way out. You didn't know. Yeah. And the only peace I would get was seemed like was when I get locked up. When I get locked up, I would start reading my Bible and get clean. You know, it's, it's crazy. But that's yeah. why I, that's why I would be like, thank God. That is, that, I think that's the hardest part for me to wrap my head around because I like just by what I've heard and what you shared about how it is inside and to think that going inside and being in there was like peaceful for you, which tells me the flip side of that is how crazy it was on the outside. And all I know is it was crazy. You know, it's crazy in the inside. Wow. God bless you. Let me ask you this, man. Is, is there another, like another story you wanted to share or my next question on this? Are there some nuggets? Because, you know, we the reason we do this, obviously, one is to fellowship. Praise God. Give him all the praise, but also to help our listeners who might be going through something similar. Yeah. Like some nuggets. Any kind of wisdom that you could. Hey, yeah, man. I get up every morning now. I read, 
Okay, I have a daily devotional. I read mm -hmm. my devotional. I read my Bible every morning, pray. And if I don't do that, my day's bad. Right. I have a bad day, I'm going to do it every time. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, okay, I'll tell you a story. This this girl that I introduced into the life, she was, I didn't, what I was trying to get out, you know what I'm saying, I don't want this off no more. She was like, hey, will you plug me in to your connection? That way I said, you don't want that. You don't want that. She was young. She's about 28. She don't want that. Brandon, you don't want that. She wanted the life you were trying to get out of. Yeah. She wanted some of that easy money, the fast money. And I said, no, you don't want that. She talked me into it. And so I, I said, okay, I'm just going to give you this phone number. I'm going to call them and tell them. And y'all do whatever. I thought I don't want no part of it. Well, she well, one time, bam. Now she's sitting on ten years, a ten year sentence. Just out for a ten year sentence. And I send, I send her. I've been talking to her through messaging on on the tablet, mm -hmm. and uh, I I send her a Bible verse every morning. And she she told me she said, "I wish I were listening to you." She said, "You was you only wanted right." I said, "Bring me out. I didn't want nothing bad to happen to you." I said, and you know, I, I knew. And nothing no good was going to come out of it because that's why I was trying to get out. And uh, now she's sitting on 10 years and 28 years old. She'll be 40. She'll probably be 40, I think, when she gets out. No, But I sent every morning, I sent her a Bible word. And, push, and I talked to her as much as I can. You know, I try to, that's why I try to live my life today. It, it, I put God first in everything because if I don't, man, it's going to be a mess. And when we go to work, before we start, pull our toes out. We pray, thank you for the day. You know, thank you for bless this job and bless our hands. Be your will and ours, you know, every day. And I thank him for that. And, and this, you know, we, we got, the life is so good now. It, every, the work is just coming and pouring in. It's just everywhere, you know. I got my help, and you know, I'm 47, and I can have work most of these eighteen year olds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's proud to say. You don't want to work. I know what I'm just so glad we can't find no way to work. Everybody wants to keep telling them dope. And you know, my daughter said, Daddy, you're you went from a needle junkie to a Jesus junkie yesterday. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's all I can say. Amen. Yeah, all right. You high on Jesus. Yes, I'll tell Love it. Right. So it sounds like one of your nuggets is don't do it. Stay away from it. Just, I mean, just pick your Bible up, read your Bible, pray, do whatever you can do for Jesus. Because he's going to do whatever he can for you. You have a you know? go-to script scripture? Amen on that, brother. All right. <laughs> Matthew. Let's see. Man, Matthew is again. So, well, just, just some of that earlier. Matthew. Justin. I can't think of what it is. It's the one for you. Don't, don't try to pull your plank out of your eye before you try to. Mm. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? I can't yeah. remember what it is. It's like, yeah, that one. Don't be, uh, just, don't be yeah. judging me. Yeah. Till you get, you know, don't try to help me until you have the plank out of your eye. Because you, know, you got all these people that they'll be trying to tell you what to do. You know, they've got yeah. two four hanging out their eye. You it's know what I mean? Yeah. Especially uh, the ones, you know, that knew 
They all Jason. Yeah. They think yeah. you're still old Jason. Man, that's not you anymore. You're a new man, bro. You know, a lot of these people, they rehab. I tell them, you don't need no rehab. You're saying get some Jesus in your life. <laughs> hey, that's all it took for me. I went, I, I went through a recovery program. Okay. Um, I went to, I went to court and they told me, I asked, I said, okay, I got on drug charges, get rehab so I can get on my feet. They got to be some dope no more. They said, no, I'll just give that each end. I said, what? So I went through a recovery program down here and that's when God found me, you know, but I was wow. in church and when I was going to church is when, when I got dropped and I ain't been, been the same since, you know. I've been uh, clean sober for two years now. And they want it. They, yep. There's just no need for it. Go, yeah, Jesus. You know, all the wants, all those all wants and have are gone. No, all of them. I don't want to taste women no more. I don't want, you know, they don't cuss no more. Oh, mm-hmm. now then, mm-hmm. you know, I was in it. No. It's gone. That's it. That's what God will do. I mean, it's amazing. It Absolutely amazing. amazing how how it can change you so quick, you know, if you let them. Yeah, yeah. These people, I have a lot of these from my old life calling me, texting me. How do you do it? How are you doing this? Hey, I said Jesus, Jesus. Let me tell you about. That. Let me tell you about my Jesus. I like that song. You heard that song by Ann Ann Wilson. Let me tell you about. Let me tell you. You say you go, oh, Jesus. There you go. Or something like that. It's a little bit so. But uh, yeah. If they ain't it, they ain't they ain't gonna they ain't gonna go right. That's it. You're gonna go left. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Yeah. Seven three. Seven three, that's it. Man, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, this, this you really, you shook me, man, with some of this stuff together. But welcome. I've been down over all God world. is good. Amen. God is good. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.